MacGyver, SG-1, Episode 14, Snagged, The Past. Jack! Jack! Jack, get up! Jack winced at the searing pain jetting up his leg as he turned on his back. Mac was standing over him trying to get him up. Come on, Jack. They're coming. As Mac did the majority of the work to get his brother up on his feet, he could see the rustling of figures coming around the pond through the high grass. Two or three from what he could tell. They had to move. Jack threw his arm around Mac's shoulders to heave the majority of the weight. Mac took a firm grasp of his belt as he turned towards the cabin. Come on, we don't have much time. As they hurried their way to the front porch, both men had the same thought. Who were these guys? And what did Jack do to tick them off so bad? There were people that may not have been fond of him at the SGC, like Kinsey and Mayborn, but it dawned on him. This may not be an SGC thing at all. Jack had a long history in the military on many missions that were... less than clean. Before joining the Stargate program, he was in Black Ops, and not all of those missions were overseas. It was very possible this was payback for a domestic incident. As Jack tried to recall some of his previous missions, he tried to shift his weight to his good leg to take some of the burden off of his brother. They had just reached the porch and cleared the doorway as the figures emerged from the darkness. Mac let Jack's weight lean against the door as it closed and clicked the lights off as Jack turned the lock. Without thinking, Mac hunched over and ran to the back door to check the lock. Nearby, he spotted a vacuum cleaner in the closet, along with jackets, an extra tackle box, and what looked like a lockbox for a handgun. He wasn't going near that, but he did have an idea. Taking the vacuum from the closet, he quickly unraveled the power cord. Using a Swiss Army knife, he cut right at where it connected and peeled the wires from the insulating rubber coating. From that point, he just had to tie the exposed wires around the metal doorknob and plug the other end into the wall socket. Instant intruder alarm. As he made his way back to Jack, he grabbed a lamp and a hand towel that was on the kitchen counter. Jack was ending a phone call. Who are you talking to? Mac asked lighthearted, 
to ease the tension of the situation as he tossed the towel to Jack for his wound. The police. They're on their way. Max's eyebrows raised. Well, that's a nice change of pace. Jack instinctively slid his body away from the door as Max started to strip the wires from the lamp. How's that? Oh, the pressure he put on the wound burned. Well, typically when I found trouble and needed the police, it wasn't so easy. Jack watched as his brother wrapped the wires around the front door handle. Yeah, that'll get their attention. Yeah, if they get that close. They have guns, so they really don't need to. Max said grimly as he plugged the cord into the nearest outlet. Jack looked around. Actually, that reminds me. Run to my nightstand next to my bed and grab my... You're not going to ask me to bring you a gun, are you, Jack? Uh... Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but we're outnumbered and cornered. I'd like to even the odds. Max stayed low, but started looking around. Yeah, outnumbered, maybe, but not... Mac, we don't have time for you to whip something up. We need cover now. The temperature in the room was rising, and it showed on both of their faces. Well, there's no way I'm bringing you... We know you're in there. We tagged you, bro. Tag you. Why don't you be a man? Come out. Mac looked at Jack with confusion. Jack just blinked and shrugged his shoulders. He had no idea where he would have crossed paths with this group. Uh. No thanks. Jack took his phone back out and turned the camera on. Turning it to be used as a periscope, he held it up to the windowsill as Mac leaned in to see what they were dealing with. I was told you were clever, but not a coward! Through the screen, they could make out three figures, dressed in baggy jeans, do-rags around their heads, and various gold chains around their necks. They couldn't have been older than twenty-five and looked like the cliché gang from South Central, and they held their weapons at the cabin the same way. No wonder they only shot me in the leg, Jack thought, as he watched the leader hold his 38 Glock sideways. His military soul squirmed as he hit record to capture any evidence of what these thugs were attempting to accomplish. Uh, guys, I don't know what I did to offend you. Would a heartfelt apology make a difference? The wounded colonel couldn't help but be sarcastic, even as his legs seared with pain. 
Oh, Homeboy doesn't remember what he did. The leader said in a loud mocking tone as though he was sharing with the gang members next to him. Alright, let me help you out. Axminster sends his regards, MacGyver. Just as Jack's eyes locked with his brother's, the night lit up with a blaze of gunfire that erupted through the cabin window. Both Mac and Jack curled in a ball and covered their heads as glass rained down on them. Mac instinctively threw his arm over his wounded brother. When the gunfire paused, Mac looked up and through the broken glass and saw the talkative one gesture to another to peel off and head to the back. Jack made eye contact with him to say he saw it too. You put my grandpops away and he never forgot about it. I'm about to make things right and finish what he started. Mac picked shards of debris off his twin as Jack looked at him for some background. As soon as he understood, he added, Big, mean, military hitman who hunted me and my grandpa Harry years ago. Jack was confused. What did Harry do? Nothing. Wrong place, wrong time. Jack rolled his eyes. I know the feeling. Yeah, looks like the tracking thing runs in the family, huh? Just then, a zap of electricity came from the back door, and the thud of a body collapsed outside. That's one. The troubleshooter said as he hopped to his feet while staying low, out of sight. Where are you going? Jack asked causing Mac to sway back to explain. Well, they think you're me and that you're alone, right? Jack nodded. Okay, you keep them talking. I'll sneak around front and take out the other two. O'Neill paused for a moment to consider his options before giving his blessing. Be careful. Mac gave a thumbs up before moving towards the back door. So, Rexminster's grandson, huh? How's he been? How's he been? Because of you, my pops grew up without a father. You so we got to see him through a plate glass window. As Jack did his best to keep the young punk talking, Mac made his way to the back of the cabin and unplugged okay. the cord attached to the doorknob. Slowly opening the door, he was greeted with an unconscious figure laying still. The metal gun and the stack of gold chains must have made for great conductors. First thing Mac did as he stepped over the figure was check his pulse and lift the gun from his hand. With a quick flick from his hand, he had unloaded the clip and popped out the live round from the chamber, before tossing each piece into different areas of the marsh on the edge of the pond a few feet away. 
as he made his way around the side of the cabin. MacGyver's thoughts flashed back to his encounter with Axminster. A huge, hulking figure full of bubbling rage that itched to kill. Mac had been warned about the price on his head and did the smart thing and left town. He used it as an opportunity to reconnect with his estranged grandfather, who he hadn't seen in years. No one should have been able to find him. But Minster was good. Real good. The worst thing was watching his grandfather get shot and having no help around. Now, history was repeating itself. Ideally, they would be able to wait for the police to arrive. But Jack was hurt, and those boys weren't going to wait any longer. Mac's mind raced to think about what he could use around him when it dawned on him. He wasn't limited on modern technology. And his brother could help. As he made his way over to the shed on the edge of the property, Mac took out his phone and started texting Jack. The combination of night and vehicles provided enough cover for him to move undetected to the back of the wooden structure. In ten seconds, call my phone, he typed, and hit send. After a moment, the thumbs-up emoji came back in response. Mac raised the volume all the way up before tossing it a few feet away from him. He looked around for something to strike with, and behind some wood, found an old bolt bore that would work just fine. Time's up, old man. We're coming in. Just as the two thugs made their way onto the porch, Mac's phone rang into the night air. Both gunmen looked at each other, before the one gestured to his henchman to go check it out. MacGyver hoped both of them would have walked over, but one thing at a time, he reminded himself. Making his way over between the parked cars, the lone gunman slowly walked under the lower branches of the giant pine tree that stood mighty and tall next to the old wooden shed. Twigs and pine needles shifted underfoot as he approached the glowing object on the ground. Keeping his aim tilted and focused on the screen was easy, since there was no other light in the area. It was just enough to blind him to the shadow that jumped out from behind the shed. With one hard swing, Mac struck him across the face oh. with the flat part of the oar, spinning him around and down on his hands and knees. Without wasting a second, the oar slammed down on the oh. thug's neck, knocking him out cold. As he kicked the gun away, the troubleshooter could hear the sound of sirens in the distance. Help was almost here. Oh no, this ends now! 
The last one yelled as he started shooting blindly at MacGyver with the semi-automatic as he walked off the cabin porch with intent. Mac dove back behind the shed as it took the barrage of bullets. Full of the rage he must have inherited from his grandfather, the young punk walked to the back of the shed and swung the barrel around to find... nothing. As he stepped back confused, MacGyver used the opportunity to come from the front and tackle him to the ground, knocking the gun from his grip. As they both pulled each other up on their knees, Mac landed a solid right across the attacker's face. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough, and the younger caught Mac in the stomach with a gut punch, followed by a blow straight to the nose, knocking him on his back. His head spun as his eyes filled with tears from the throbbing pain in his face. As his focus came into view, he could only make out the outline of Minster's grandson, standing over him, aiming his weapon at his face, about to fire. Two shots rang out from above him, and the form fell to the ground. MacGyver quickly pushed himself away and onto his feet as the young man winced in agony at the bullet holes in each shoulder. Mac kicked the gun under the nearest car as he turned to see Jack at the cabin window, holding an automatic with its barrel still smoking. His arm leaning on the frame to look stronger than his wound made him feel. He must have crawled over to one of the hidden guns somewhere in the cabin while Mac was sneaking around outside. A warm feeling of anger rose in MacGyver. After a minute, the police were on the scene, and after a lot of explaining and showing of credentials and phone footage, the bad guys were packed up and the medics were attending to Jack at the back of an ambulance. Mac stayed quiet towards Jack while all of that was going on. He just sat on the picnic table and stared out at the pond. When the medic stepped away to get more supplies, Jack took the opportunity to get his attention. Hey, I figure you're not too thrilled with me right now, are you? Mac dropped his head in frustration. <sighs> you didn't have to shoot them, Jack. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I couldn't run to you, and he had you dead to rights. I don't regret my decision, and I'd do it again in a heartbeat. There was no other way. Mac kept his eyes looking forward and didn't look back at his brother. 
He opened his mouth to say something, but couldn't. It dawned on him. They never even got their names. Jack let him sit for a moment before adding... You know, you may not remember, but in the military, they train you to shoot to kill. Aim for center mass every time. Max's head snapped up and he turned to face his twin. But you shot him in the shoulders, Jack. Jack gave a wry smile. Yep. Maybe you're rubbing off on me. Just a little. Mac returned a smile and broke the tension. Soon the medics were lifting Jack onto a gurney into the back of an ambulance. Despite his protests, he still needed a proper visit to a hospital. Mac hopped in just as the doors closed. Jack was confused as the engines turned over. You don't need to come, you know. I mean, the weekend shot anyway. You might as well head home. Nope, Mac answered. Well, first of all, there's no way I'm leaving you to tend to yourself with that leg of yours. Second, the cabin needs to be patched up from all the damage those guys did. He made sure to look Jack in the eye. Besides, I want to spend some time with my brother. They shared a smirk as the ambulance drove down the dirt road. Think we have enough snacks? God, I hope so. The MacGyver SG-1 audio series is written, performed, and edited by Mac Jackson. Theme song by Brian Brzezowski. Find us on the Forever Adventure Network. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon under Mac Jackson. Reviews can be left on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and the Forever Adventure Network. Join today. This show is dedicated to Richard Dean Anderson and everyone that's part of the MacGyver and Stargate families. Thanks for joining the adventure. The Forever Adventure Network. Welcome to the adventure. Hi, everybody. It's Mac Jackson. I wanted to invite you to a new site called the Forever Adventure Network. This website has everything. Pictures, videos, blogs. There's original music by Harmony Constant. Two podcasts. One is the MacGyver podcast, where we celebrate Richard Dean Anderson, his iconic roles, 
and how it's influenced our lives. There's episode discussions, interviews, and life conversations. The second podcast is the Never Gets Old podcast, where we celebrate all the best things that we love in life, from TV, movies, music, and comics. The site is also the home for the MacGyver SG-1 audio series, an ongoing adventure series that continues the adventures of MacGyver and SG-1. There are also multiple stores to choose from for all of your pop culture and adventure needs. Come on by and check us out today. And thanks for joining the adventure.